years to prepare for each and every season? It's always a myriad of things. Um, I have a standard checklist that, that's, that's never changing. It's, it's procedural things over a 12-month calendar, whether it's self-scouting, trends in the game in all three phases and things of that nature. But there are also things that kind of hit me in the forehead, things that, that, that may be more intangible related. This offseason, I've been focusing on expanding my social media knowledge and, <laughs> and, right. and appreciation in an effort to connect with today's players. And so um, I'm a full-time Instagram participant now. And I'm um, just dip, dipping my toe in the water because, you know, as you mentioned, when you have a job for 16 years, I don't want to ever get comfortable. Right. I always want to be working to grow and stay connected. And, and that's just a component of today's player and today's game uh, that I can't run away from. Got to say, I did not expect that to be a part <laughs> of your answer. Uh, hey, you blink, I'll cut your eyelids off. Don't you blink. I got you. Let's go. And now, time to get in the huddle with your host, Charles Prodigy here on the Mass Steel Podcast. Hey, you blink, I'll cut your eyelids off. Don't you blink. Let's go. You get where you feel like you can rush the quarterback. You understand? Rush the quarterback. Do you have room in the trophy for another one there? You got six of them. Now you're the winningest franchise in NFL history. We'll make room. And good evening, everybody. Welcome to this very late night special primetime edition here of the Meta Steel Podcast. Of course, we're yours truly, Charles Prodigy Richie, as we're in week three of training camp right now. And so far, quarterback... Uh, battle seems to be the, the storyline that continues to get a lot more uh, speculation. Seems like we're getting a lot more closer right now. It almost seems like at this point that it is Mitch Trubisky's starting job to lose at this point. Uh, we got more on here. Ray for the Apollo seems to think that the back position will be the one, will be the true storyline within this camp. Also, we got one guy standing out on the defense in training camp so far. Uh, you'll find out who that is. Someone will be very valuable on the run stopping. And plus, we also got some uh, latest Steelers signings and a little bit more here and some takes. And here's a little trade proposal I want to prop up to you towards the end of the show. Uh, that was uh, tweeted out by Andrew Filippone. A trade request uh, with a receiver and a linebacker with a second-round pick uh, for a former uh, Bears player. I mean, or a current Bears player and some others. You'll find out. Once again, you guys can always follow me on social media. You can follow me on Twitter, at CGR. For the Metal Steel podcast and on Instagram at Metal Steel Nation as well as at Prodigy Richie. So let's go ahead and uh, kick things off right now here on the opening drive. Day 13 of training camp uh, came to a close on Monday uh, for this week. The offense won 4 3 on seven shots. 
Chase Claypool, who was uh, dealing with a shoulder injury, he was in pads yesterday and was participating. Now, the interesting thing is here, Trubisky and the seven shots, he went two for four, but Kai Hayward uh, had a pass he thought he caught, uh, which turned out to be uh, bobble and incomplete, uh, which was Trubisky's uh, last rep on Monday. As we continue to move along here, I mean, there's a lot of speculation, a lot of reports coming out of camp that Trubisky has not been wowing it in camp throughout this time period. But you also can't deny the fact, too, I think that Trubisky, I got to have to say right now, has been the most uh, prepared quarterback so far. I mean, Mason Rudolph, sadly as it is, I mean, third-round pick, has not done enough to win the starting job at this point. And it continues to get like a little bit like uh, interesting as time moves along. A lot of people, including myself, truly thought he will be gone by the end of the training camp. It doesn't seem like the Steelers are maybe the ready to move in that direction just yet. I still feel right now they're keeping him up, hopefully trying to get some trade value out of him. Remember, he was taking 76 overall in the 2018 draft out of Oklahoma State. I remember the prior round to that, uh, they selected wide receiver James Washington in that same year's uh, draft. Things did not pan out well as uh, James Washington, he went to the Dallas uh, Cowboys right now. Remember, it was about a year ago, well, over a year ago at this point in time, where he was almost looking for a trade, too. And things didn't quite, frankly, materialize with him and the Steelers or enough time for him and Rudolph to get enough uh, chemistry. Because uh, when, when you look at everything that, you know, Mason Rudolph, I mean, has done at this point, and for all he's done, he's only had two touchdowns to James Washington's career. And if you look at, like, the majority of his touchdown passes uh, thrown, it was split between Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster, who is now with the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, Mason Rudolph, I mean, he just doesn't seem like he wants to, like, wing it out a little bit more. He still seems like he's playing it close to the vest and maybe scrambling around a little bit and afraid to take the biggest chances. And I, I, I admit at this point, I, I just, I, I'm just really flabbergasted he's still on this roster. But then again, when you are trying to, you know, follow up and bring our quarterback to lead this team beyond Ben Roethlisberger, you may as well treat it like an open competition. Now, when you look at this uh, Steelers uh, quarterback shuffle, I mean, it's definitely been an odd one, to say the least, in a long time, too. I mean, there have been some interesting, like, uh, quarterback uh, duels. Don't forget in uh, 1982. Uh, I mean, 1980, excuse me. Not 1982, but 1980. But in uh, that year, 
Don't forget. I mean, the Steelers uh, did in that year, as defending Super Bowl champions, they did draft uh, Mark Malone in the first round, 28th overall pick. Now, he was a backup to Gary Bradshaw at that point in time, for at least in our two more seasons. He didn't even argue, like, probably the most uh, interesting one to date in their franchise history before they took off. He probably had to say maybe, like, 1974, I would dare argue. And in 1974, uh, the same year they won that Super Bowl, uh, don't forget, they also uh, had on that roster, they had uh, Joe Gilliam and Terry uh, Hamready right there. And uh, Joe Gilliam, uh, that season, let's not forget, uh, when looking at that season, I believe Terry Bradshaw was uh, hurt going into that season. But you look at like uh, what he tried doing uh, that year. Before they won their first uh, Super Bowl, basically, he started the first six games of the season right there. I mean, and under his his win loss uh, record, he was four one and one. Four, I mean, for that season, the highest ever threw in those games was three hundred and forty eight yards in a tie to the Denver Broncos in Denver where had one, t- one touchdown to her receptions. But then you also got uh, more in here, I mean, with the Steelers, basically. I mean, when you look at some other interesting uh, quarterback duels, I mean, you could definitely even argue back probably, say, in uh, 1983 right there. Once again, had a quarterback, Terry Bradshaw. But remember, he was uh, out most of the year with his uh, throwing elbow. I mean, you had um, Mark Malone. Once again, there's a quarterback. I mean, he also had Cliff Stout. But then again, you also had our one, too. Like, say, I would also argue in uh, – 1996. Uh, and this was a, a year after they moved on from Neil O'Donnell, who actually went to become a free agent with New York Jets. He also had Slash Cordell Stewart on there. I mean, uh, for that year, so you had uh, Jim Miller. Who else do we uh, have on that quarterback uh, list? It was uh, Coral Stewart and Mike Tomczak. I mean, uh, for that year, I want to say for them, it was Mike Tomczak who played that season. Started uh, in 1996, 15 out of 16 games, went 10 and 5, only to win one playoff game that year and only go no farther than the divisional round. And where they got their butts handed to them in a fog in the New England Patriots. But of course, we all remember the other infamous uh, quarterback battle, too. You could also go back 20 years ago. I mean, uh, I mean, when you look at Tommy Max, Tommy Max, who I believe was selling insurance, he was out of the league 
for a while. I mean, you had Cordell Stewart, who a lot of people expected back in 2001, who was looking to like uh, build off his momentum that year. Remember, other Cordell Stewart, when he became a full-time star for the Black and Gold, he only had, I mean, in that time, one winning season. And then he didn't have his uh, next uh, winning season until 2000. He barely missed the playoffs. It was seven, he went 7-4, and four, and the team finished 9-7. and seven. But he would uh, rebound in a hurry in 2001, which was his only Pro Bowl year to date. What, going 13-3 and three under Slash right there, completing 60% of his passes, uh, 3,109 yards, which was a career high in passing for him, 14 touchdowns to 11 interceptions. I, I mean, that guy right there. I mean, then the, then the next year went three and two, and you had Tommy Maddox who came into that uh, situation right there and the rest of the way, the Steelers, at that point, they went seven, three, and one. He finished 10, five, and one for the season. When they inaugurate to win the initial AFC North division crown, as it was no longer the AFC uh, Central. This was the first year in 2002 where they split the division in four formats 20 years ago. Can you believe that? That was a quarterback battle. Then you could also probably argue as early as three years ago, 2019. We see it with uh, Mason Rudolph and uh, Duck Hodges right there. I mean, those are some interesting ones to date, to say the least. Now, this one, as we take a look back, I got I to admit, Mitch Trubisky right now, uh, he seems to be like uh, going into this uh, camp well, a lot more uh, confidence. He seems to be a lot more humble. I mean, there also is reports, though, too, that Kenny Pickett is making a lot more mistakes. But, I mean, at this point in time, too, I mean, I'd rather him get out of the system now. I'm more confident in the facts right now. This is how they got to start off. I, I love the way Mike Tomlin is embracing the pressure. I mean, just the opportunities to try and be different. And we're going to see how it works. But again, as long as the offensive line can block, then we'll probably see a, a completely different team. It seems like the Steelers are probably going to be able to do, have a little bit more flexibility than what they were handcuffed with Ben Roethlisberger starting other center. I mean, where Ben Rosberger basically had to kind of go back to doing things his way to, like, help win him some games where he has career highs and fourth-quarter comebacks and game-winning drives. The, the only uh, question is right now, can this team find a way to stay better health-wise this year? That's going to be the biggest key right here. All this stuff sounds great, but health-wise, will make them or break them. I mean, Trubisky, I'm still having a hard time trying to envision how he's going to throw one deep downfield. I always describe Mitch Trubisky, it's like kind of like watching like a, 
a Korean pitcher in baseball where they got that funny, like, sidearm throw. And my apologies if I, if I said that out there to anyone who's watching uh, from that country. I No disrespect by it. But I, I will say, that's kind of like how I meet Trubisky. I think he can be effective, moving around the pocket, yes. Uh, tr- but I do believe one of the things that has been highly known about him, he has been staying patient with his reads so far. That's what you want out of a guy like Trubisky. Stay patient, be able to read the play, let the play develop, especially uh, reading plays while staying in the pocket. I enjoy mobile quarterbacks. I mean, in today's day and age, but I'm still a guy, if you were asking me to favor something, you have to have it accuracy in the pocket. Yeah, if you want, if you guys want to feel free and get out in the conversation, uh, leave a comment. I'm streaming live right now on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we're streaming live. If you want to search for the Metal Steel Podcast on Instagram, you can definitely search Metal Steel Podcast, or you can also uh, hit up the handle Metal Steel Nation is where you can find me on Instagram, and you can also type in Metal Steel Podcast on Facebook or at Metal Steel Nation. Feel free to shoot away some questions real quick here. Uh, doing a half hour uh, tonight. We got about, uh, say, 15 uh, minutes uh, left to go here. But uh, anyway, yeah. I, I got I to admit, I'm, I'm pretty impressed so far. Let's uh, take a look a little bit more, too, like as far as Trubisky's uh, statistically and uh, seven-shot drills. Uh, his first shot was Anthony McFarlane, which was easy, while the second was not in where he had to be patient in the pocket. He had a strong throw to Deontay Johnson in the corner of the end zone for a score. Uh, defense would then sniff out an inside screen in the next play, and his pass was essentially a throwaway. But he again went back to the front corner of the end zone to his right in the fourth step. He fired the pass in the tight coverage to Connor Hayward, uh, this is the one who I referred to earlier where he juggled the ball and then could not bring it down, which was ruled incomplete right there. Hit Johnson once again, a nice uh, catch and run to Deontay while looking at his initial read. He also hit Kelvin Austin on the post, but he could not hang on, and later he fooled the entire defense, hitting Gunnar Osuski all by himself in the back of the end zone. Ruff, on the other hand, went 0 for 2. He had a pass breakup by outside linebacker, Gennard Avery, but Fred O'Neill on a nice pass to Gunner, but couldn't hang on and later connected to Anthony Miller in 11 on 11 as he beat James Pierre to the inside and Rudolph leading him. Uh, he, he was eventually out there with the third team in the goal line drill and was unable to handle the first snap from Chris Owens under center. He did quickly pick the ball up before the play was blown dead. See, now this is the thing, this is troubling with uh, Mason Rudolph. I'm probably going to anticipate right now, I'm probably going to have to give it to Mike Pickett as the number two guy. I- I'm just not so sure right now if Rudolph is going to do enough to, like, stay convincing. I mean, as a backup guy. 
I mean, the only reason why he probably make the number two guy because he knows the playbook. I mean, is it just that, you know, Rudolph, he's a guy that they could still have him be like a guy of good support to the starting quarterback. But uh, again, I think you're creating an awkward situation. If Kenny Pickett does outperform him, I mean, does Rudolph get a little bit frustrated? Does him and his agent like start to, uh, you know, make some noise, express some discomfort? And why I ask Al Pittsburgh? Now, I don't think the Steelers are going to necessarily release him, but I do feel like if they were, if they do move out from him, it would have to be a trade. It would have to be for some value. Maybe a six or seven round pick. We'll see. But I'm just, I'm just really like trying to wrap my head around this. Pickett, on the other hand, yesterday, he had a nice throw to Kevin Rader for a touchdown play action and had a handoff to Steven Sims on an end around, which Sims walked into the end zone untouched. Uh, this came after former Steelers uh, safety Ryan Clark, who, interestingly enough, he was in attendance at Monday's practice, came onto the field yelling for the offense to run the ball. And uh, for a guy who was criticizing a guy on TV on first take for yelling at him, <laughs> Go figure. Well, anyway, uh, Pickett, he was decisive in the 11-on-11s. He hooked up with Kelvin Dawson and Tyler Vons. Uh, the word on Pickett is that he looks nice when the ball comes out on time. Now, I, I, you know what, to be honest with you, I'm going to probably make my prediction right now. If you're in the ASB and uh, coming to the back of the wall, I'm going Mitch Bisky first, Kenny Pickett second. And Mason Rudolph three. I just don't feel you you take a guy like uh, Kenny Pickett in the first round, and then you keep him third on the depth chart. Not happening, in my opinion. I mean, you're obviously looking at this guy as a future potential future of this team for a guy who. I mean, was uh, selected this year in Las Vegas as a 20th overall pick in the 2022 NFL draft. Guy who's broken all of Dan Marino's uh, pass records, basically, at Pitt's Pitt, uh, Panthers. And, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just not sure if I uh, do that. I don't want to think – I want to keep him third at the coming out of the University of Pitt. And the guy who's uh, half familiar familiarity with Aperture uh, Stadium. Boy, I gotta get used to that right now. But I just want to say uh, welcome here uh, to a few uh, gentlemen on here: uh, Matthew eleven thirty seven and Pattern ten p underscore Shytone. Uh, thank you very much uh, for joining here as we're uh, wrapping up in just a few minutes here on the Mastio Podcast. Now I want to get in some uh, uh, impacts on the defenses right now. There's training camp surprises right now. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi, who actually starts 63 of uh, 76 games in his career, 16 was his highest uh, last year with 
the eventual AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals right here. Uh, he has uh, been laying it up in a uh, training camp right there, uh, pretty much. Rafael Powell even called up to saying that uh, he was blowing up plays and wrecking havoc right there. And I, I, I'm pretty encouraged by that. Because the interesting thing is, too, I mean, uh, Tyson Alalu, who I think just got activated off the pup list right there, how are you going to fit, like, Larry Ogunjobi in here uh, on his defense? Of course, I mean, you got Alalu as a nose tackle. But Ogunjobi right now is an interesting one right here. Do you put him as a defensive end? He played the uh, majority of his career at defensive uh, tackle. Most of his career primarily, of course, was played with the Cleveland Browns. But I mean, for 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 a guy right here, I I, I gotta believe right now he he'd be effective uh, here. I, I'm just just wondering how he's gonna be slotted in. I mean, his uh, career high as far as like quarterback hits came last year. We had 16, basically. And his only career high in tackles came back in 2018, where he had 52 uh, with the Browns right there. Ogunjobi is definitely an interesting one right here. Because he also still got, keep in mind, too, Miles Jack right here, who is going to be another guy who I think is going to fit nicely, depending on what Terry Austin's going to want to call. But then he also, too, uh, right now, I mean, with Brian Flores right there being a senior uh, linebackers coach right now for the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers coming into this year. And uh, we'll, we'll see how that works. It's going to be an interesting uh, combination, to say the least. But I, I think uh, defensively right now, who actually lost a couple battles this week in training camp, I like the fact that the offense is winning a little bit, truthfully. Because like, like I mentioned a few moments ago, this defense has to find a way to stay healthy uh, for a majority of the season. I mean, when you think about it, Tyson Allow, I mean, it was a huge uh, gash uh, last year when he got uh, hurt. And I mean, for him to be out most of that season... I mean, you just saw how, I mean, effective they were as far as, like, uh, being gashed in the run game here. I mean, he got hurt in the home opener that year. But, I mean, for the Steelers, I mean, the run game on defense, dead last. You have to get that improved. You also got to see how Devin Bush is going to be. I mean, they gave him pass last year for coming off in the injury. He's going to be another guy that's going to be interesting right there. Will he get the wake-up call this year? I mean, he almost had rookie of the year uh, potential. He came up uh, third as far as, like, uh, def defensive rookie of the year. Had 109 tackles, 72 of them solo. Seems like he was on good pace to, like, uh, kind of match it up again uh, the following year. 26 tackles. That's when he got hurt during the Browns game. Then last year... Only 70 tackles in 14 games. 
So I, I really uh, interesting, and he he has also been a guy as known so far too. He hasn't been doing a lot of talking right now. Of course, I mean, yeah, I think too. I mean, he's a a little bit more molded, and probably a little bit of like pride got hurt too, not having his fifth year option being picked up. But at the same time, too, I mean, he he does know, just like the rest of his team knows, it is a business. Got to see you, like, uh, try and, and get back to where you were. Can you be that tackling machine on the defense? And then more importantly, too, I mean, Devin Bush, I mean, we be able to effectively be able to play into pass coverage a little bit, too, where you can defend the fullbacks. Tight ends. I mean, drop back in the pass coverage a little bit. Remember, he had two uh, interceptions in his rookie year. Uh, one of them, which was a fumble return for a touchdown. And that was in the Chargers game in uh, Los Angeles right there. And that's uh, a soccer, soccer stadium on Sunday Night Football, which they almost saw blue right there. So, I mean, those are definitely leaning uh, questions right now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's all we got to say right there. But also, too, a D.D. King, wow, who's on 93.7 The Fan, who's usually on normally with uh, Andrew Filippoli and uh, Chris Muller, uh, she was saying that George Pickens uh, was uh, the best uh, receiver in this year's uh, draft despite the fact that he was the 11th wide receiver selected. And this uh, came from a quote from a GM that he was the best receiver in this year's draft. Uh, I seen the catcher, a nice little uh, touchdown pass I heard in uh, camp this week, did a little bit of a dance, but the defense uh, laid easy on him. They showed a little bit of respect. They didn't seem to mind it. But George Pickens is going to be an interesting one, too. Uh, where's he fit in the scheme of things? But I, I got to be honest with you, I, but – the X Factor in this training camp, I'm going with Larry Ogajobi for right now. Um, just hoping that he, he could be enough like a deaf piece on this defensive line right now when you look at things and uh, how they could be able to be uh, effective here. Because defensively, they, got, they definitely got to get back to where they were. And well, we'll see how things work, but for right now. And then also, too, Alex Highsmith, how will he continue to rebound uh, this year? Uh, I mean, he seemed to pre do pretty solid uh, last year. But, I mean, when you look at everything uh, going on right now, like I said, Isaiah Bugs, who's no longer uh, on this team right now, I would imagine Ogunjobi is going to be in that spot right here. Or... Maybe Chris Wormley's spot. I have no idea. But it's definitely going to be an interesting uh, shuffle on the defensive line, to say the least. I mean, if they want to really uh, do great things coming up. Also, real quick, let's mention a few Steelers uh, signings right now. They did sign linebacker Rondell Carter and waived and injured linebacker T.D. Moultrie. They also activated, uh, like I said, defense tackle, nose tackle, Tyson Alal from the pup list. And by the way, Chris uh, Boswell, he was no longer the league's highest paid kicker, according to Dale Lally. He signed a four-year, $24 million contract extension. So there you go. Hey, 
Justin Tucker, I mean, at the same time, too. And he has slowed down barely maybe the last uh, year. But, I mean, Justin Tucker, I mean, he's, uh, is like the guy who grabs the torch from Adam Vinatieri is almost Mr. Mac in this league. But there's no denying that. I, I mean, I take Justin Tucker over Chris Boswell. Bottom line, period. Whenever it comes to trying to stake into someone's heart or pick up a decisive victory. But that's going to do it for this edition here of the Mad Steel Podcast. We're a few days away from the Steelers' first ever preseason game of this offseason when they take on the Seattle Seahawks at Acrisure uh, Stadium. So again, if you guys want to hit me up on social media, uh, once again, you guys can follow me on Twitter at MadSteelCGR and on Instagram at MadSteelNation. That's always leave here. Don't be rolling. Be rolling. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. I got it.